welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And today we're going to be joined by some special guests. We're going to be joined by our good friend, Jonas Clark, and our returning uh, old visitor here, Jeff Garcia. He's the OG of the Two Shots Podcast. How you doing, guys? Well, fair warning, I have been fighting the flu, a little bit of a cold. Sorry, I don't have the flu, flu thank goodness, but I do have the cold. So, uh, Joe, bear with me, please. So. Uh, thanks again for having me on, though. Yeah, not a problem, man. You know, like I was telling you off air, you just need some some San Antonio home cooking. You need some tamales. You need some Ooh, little shot I? of tequila. <laughs> that I do. And you, when you come back, you're going to gain like 10 or 15 pounds. You're going to have to wear the stretchy pants, Jeff. No, no. I'm trying to get rid of the stretchy pants, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know what happens when you come back to San Antonio, dude. It, you can't help it, dude. Like you said, once you eat one tamale... Six six tamales later, you're full, you know? Well, it's not just that, too. And Jonas, you know what it's like. I mean, you know, you, you see Whataburger, you see oh. Bill Miller's, you see all the local restaurants, and you just can't stop. <laughs> That's why everybody oh, here yeah. in San Antonio is a little healthy, man. Extra healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah extra healthy. I like that. Where's yeah. Charles Barkley when we need him to say the other stuff? Oh, no, man. <laughs> I, I like being healthy. It means that we're happy, dude. We We like our food here in San Antonio, man everybody's always smiling here dude that's my city dude i love it well anyway of course everybody was smiling last night weren't they oh yeah oh, dude yeah. we're all smiling you know we we a lot of spurs fans left the spurs for dead especially at the at&t center shame on you guys the ones that left early because they missed a hell of a game um but you know the san antonio spurs they came back from being down by as many as 22 points then they go into the fourth quarter and they're down by 16 points and lo and behold, what happens? Lonnie freaking Walker goes off. And he he just wills the Spurs to tie the game. I mean, Lonnie was spectacular, man. I mean, we we were all expecting that Lonnie was gonna be a good player, but wow, man, that was like his breakout game of the season. You know, he just said emphatically, I have arrived, and he I think he made a big case for himself possibly getting heavy minutes in the rotation. He had a team high 28 points. So we'll go ahead and start with you, Jeff. I mean, what did you think? What were your thoughts about this game? Well, first of all, you're right. Everybody left the Spurs team uh, for dead, and rightfully so. Look how they played in oh, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, can you blame uh, those out looking for the outside in or even the fans themselves for looking at this game uh, versus Houston and saying, well, here we go again, you know, another beatdown. But you're right. It was a game where the young guns took over. Lonnie Walker, Hurdle, uh, Bryn Forbes. Uh, the Spurs proved with heart, determination, and some grit that they could get the job done. And here's the thing, uh, Jonas and, and you know, and Joe, and I'm pretty sure you, you know, I'd like to hear what you have to say. I never really counted the Spurs out of the season. And Joe knows this when he's been on lockdown Spurs. I always said, I've always been camp give it a few more months, give it another month and a half. I've always been saying that, even in the worst moments. And why? Because their plus minus. Their plus minus was never out of control. It was always hovering a little over 8, like 8.5, 8.6. So that told me they were in games. They just had to get some time to get things together. And at least for one night versus Houston, they did. So all in all, a great win. Hopefully it'll propel them moving forward. I hope so, man. You know, and, you know, let's really, let's just say what it is. You know, last season, 
The San Antonio Spurs were on a similar pace. They had almost the exact same record. Everybody was, you know, really upset with the team's play and what's going on with the Spurs and why are they playing so bad? And it's the same thing that's transpired this season. It's almost like a mirror of what happened. But I think that the Spurs in this game, just in particular, this this Rockets win, it seemed to ignite something deep inside the Spurs. Like they woke up. They got tired of losing, and these young guys really came to play. You know, they really, I think, were that juice, that whatever it was that just woke the Spurs up and said, you know what, we're just not going to lay down and take this anymore. We're going to actually come in here, play, and we're going to get ourselves back into this game. And, man, sure enough, man, you know, double overtime, and everybody was tired in that double overtime, but the Spurs clamped down defensively and found a way to win. So I think this might actually be the turning point of the season Jeff well I mean do you think this is going to be the the turning point finally that we've all been looking for where they might just remain competitive they might still lose but as long as they're still in the game and they still remain competitive from a defensive standpoint and just go out there and play tough even if they do lose I think Spurs fans would be happy with the product that's out there on the court I mean your thoughts yeah, I was ready to stand up and give this first team a standing ovation, even if they lost to Houston because of the, how they played. And, uh, you know, bonus, they won. So it looks like they're on the right path. Now, to answer your question, is this a turning point game? I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought it was the Clippers, and then we saw what happened against Detroit. Now they're playing, they played against the Rockets, and let's see how they play against Sacramento. It's not uncommon for teams to have a major letdown following of emotional games. The Clippers. Well, emotional game. Kawhi Leonard, you know, the big boys in town. But if they string three in a row following this win to make it four, I think the Spurs can look back and say that win versus the Rockets was the turning point. Uh, What about you, Jonas? Well, I think that Lonnie Walker said it the best in his uh, post-game, I guess, conference. I put that in air quotes. Um, Last night when he said, you know, somebody had asked what's it – going to be moving forward and he said striving for some consistency because that's something that we've been lacking all year uh, up to this point I think we started off we haven't had a, a solid win streak since we started off I think with four or five straight wins and it's been a lot of back and forth and back and forth and playing good teams good and bad teams bad as as we've talked about a, a lot on here uh, especially with you Joe uh, during Spurs takeover after games but um I'm with you, Jeff. I think that I need to see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna extend it a little bit further too. I think I need to see ten games straight of consistent performance, win or lose. But give me ten games, and I think at that point you can say, okay, if if it stems from last night, then yes, that was the turning point. And I, I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, guys. That. This week is very important because of how much rest the guys are going to get and how much rest they're going to get on a homestand. They don't leave San Antonio, I think, until after the 12th when we play the Cavaliers. So all that practice time, all that, you know, we, we stress the importance of, of sleeping in your own bed for an athlete. Um, these things are going to be very important as they look to turn that corner. And I think that if um, the next ten, the next ten games show that consistency. Then it started here, and I think it comes back to the fact they finally got practice time. Yeah, I think the practice time had a big effect on 
what we saw out of them, especially them being able to come from behind and win. They never gave up. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed to, you know, this team just had a different swagger about them, you know, especially with Lonnie Walker there on the court, kind of energizing, you know, the the whole unit out there. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the unsung heroes, Jonas. Specifically, let's talk about your boy. And you gave him a really cool nickname. You call him Blockup awesome. Portal. Love that nickname. <laughs> Blockup has been my guy. My guy. He's your spirit animal? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I, I feel like we're, we're brothers. I don't know how that would work out. He's seven foot tall. I'm a, a, a shade over six foot. Um, but just everything that he brings, he does not quit. And I don't think... I think going back to last year when he was struggling to get minutes, we kind of all felt that he was in Pop's doghouse. Uh, even then, he did not quit. And he's really showed uh, what he's done to improve his scoring a little bit this year. I mean, sure, he's still really awful from the free throw line. Um, he's added a little bit of of some, some one-hand kind of tosses. I want to quite call them a hook shot. Uh but just the hyper aggression on the boards and the blocks. The, the blocks are why he deserves the nickname Block of Pertle. He had five more last night, y'all. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up Pertle, Joe, because even in training camp, he has been walking around with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, why? Because he thought that the Spurs should have and could have beaten the Denver Nuggets last season in the postseason. So um, he carried that type of anger and that fuel into training camp and we've seen it so far i was a little disappointed to see when he did not get the start initially to start the season over trey lyles but hey you know here we are he is getting the nod now at starting five and he's paying off as jonas mentioned but there's another thing too the intangibles too the stuff that doesn't show up in the x's nose it's that that desire that that hunger that anger on the court i think that's infectious for the team there's also too you know, he's an excellent pick and roll guy you know, he can uh, roll to the basket for easy uh, buckets. And he's a presence in the middle. Last night, the Spurs lost one of their other uh, big men, LaMarcus Aldridge, due to injury. So somebody had to step up. And although he didn't do it offensively with the numbers that LMA could do, uh, 15 or more, hey, he made it up in other areas. The blocks, like Joe, uh, like uh, Jonas said, but as well as the rebounding. He had, I think, double-figure rebounds. Isn't that yeah, right, Joe? Yeah, 15 total rebounds for the game. Yeah. So I mean, there you have it. Yeah, so, 15 uh, total rebounds. Not only that, Jeff, felt. but he actually had a steal as well. So the big man was getting after it. Yeah, and uh, that's why he is now starting. But it'll be interesting to see, does uh, Pop stick with this lineup? He's been sticking with it uh, so far. It worked last season when he trotted it out uh, towards the end of the season in the playoffs. And so far, it's been, it's been paying off. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, that's interesting that you bring up lineups because – I was actually watching the the post-game show for Fox Sports Southwest the other night after the Spurs and Pistons game. And one of the announcers on there was saying how he actually spoke with Coach Pop. And Coach Pop, you know, was talking with him and told him, you know, flat out that he still hasn't figured out his rotations nor his lineups. You know, he hasn't found that that magic sauce, you know, that the Spurs need to find that balance both defensively and offensively. To, to help him, you know, uh, or give him a better chance, should I say, to win games, you know? So I thought that was quite interesting. But just to speak about the starters that were on the floor last night, 
with this lineup that Coach Pop went with, we had Rudy Gay. We had Jakob Portal, who was the center. Rudy Gay was a small forward. We had Derek White at the point guard position. DeMar DeRozan, the shooting guard. And then you had Bryn Forbes, who was another shooting guard. We didn't have a power forward in the lineup in the starting five. We had the power forwards come off the bench and Trey Lyles and Drew Eubanks, who is going to be, you know, who's the backup uh, power forward. So I thought that was an interesting lineup out there. I, I mean, Rudy Gay, he's been statistically one of the better defensive players for the Spurs since the season started, but he can't play, you know, heavy minutes or start every single game. But I do like him in that starting lineup from time to time because you're going to have to stagger him out and kind of you kind of want to save him if the Spurs make a push into the postseason because if you play him heavy minutes, I mean, let's face it, Jeff, he's getting a little older and you really can't have him out there for extended periods of time. You know, we can only get so much, yeah. so much out of yeah. our veterans, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully this time uh, is time for the young guns. And they proved it last night that they can uh, get the job done on the court. Now, just because they had a good game, Jakob and Brynn and, and uh, Lonnie, uh, you know, I think there still needs to be patience. Um, these are still young guys. You know, this is a one game. They look great. Lonnie especially. And you take it for what it is and you rejoice as we're doing and you move on. They still have a lot of development to go through. They still have a lot of situations to experience that guys like Mills and LMA and DeMar have experienced. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go ahead and pitch to you now, Jonas. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that with all these minutes now that, that Lonnie Walker has played that are meaningful, especially in yesterday's game, seeing that he had 28 points, which was the team high, you think he's made a strong case for himself to get in that rotation and get those heavy minutes? And finally, once again, once and for all, is Marco Beninelli going to be designated to the bench where he doesn't have to see the light of day anymore? He is the dirty, stinking parking lot diaper on this Spurs team. I mean, he's out there. He's a defensive liability. We've all seen that. Do you think that Lonnie should be getting more of the more of those minutes and are we going to see Marco delegated to the bench finally, Jonas? Well, Joe, I think that that's a definite yes. Um, really for the fact that you can't, you can't bottle you, you, this anymore. You can't put the, the lightning back in the bottle. And, light, and, and Lonnie brought the lightning last night. He really opened it up. And from the here on out, if Pop decides to not play Lonnie, it was some significant minutes that's going to be a major question uh, i think it's already been a question to this point but you see what he did against one of the top teams in the west let alone all of basketball and whether he has an off night or not this is now that point and i know he's a second year player but for all purposes of the nba this is kind of like his first year his breakout year uh there's going to be ups and downs. There definitely will. We saw that last year with Derek White, who had flashes of brilliance and followed it up with uh, some really awful games. But as you're developing this young talent, you're going to have to ride that out. And Pop can't be too quick on that on that trigger to bring Marco back in because it's going to generate such a negative reaction uh, after we've seen the potential that Lonnie Walker has last night. I mean, that's not even his ceiling. 
but he showed us what he could do. Uh, do you agree, Jeff? I agree. I completely agree. You have to have patience with the young guy. He's um, he's coming along nicely. We saw what he did against summer league talent. We saw what he did against G League talent. Now, at least for one game, he proved he can hang with the big boys. There's going to be test ahead for him. You, you know, can he handle a, a big, sizable team, literally and figuratively, like the Clippers? What about uh, the Lakers? You know, what about Dallas? You know, Dallas. You know, they got some young talent, really just. Luca, but you know, nonetheless, a, a team that they is have the Porzingis as well. too. They have Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't been the New York Nick Porzingis that we've seen when he was wearing the orange and blue. But we'll see. Maybe he'll come together. You know, as the season moves on. Uh, needless to say, uh, there's there's still tasks ahead of them. They still have development to go through. Spurs fans should not be thinking that it's all uh, roses right now because. They're going to have pitfalls. They're going to do some stupid mistakes. They're going to turn the ball over at the wrong time. Pop's still going to chew them out. There's a lot of games left for some teachable moments. That's going to happen. But at least for one night, they deserve the shine. They deserve the recognition. And Lonnie, Jakob, and Bryn, I think we're forgetting about Bryn, guys. I really do. Because as much as he is a liability on defense, if it wasn't for his near-perfect shooting from the field, at least on the league averages, Maybe the Spurs don't beat Houston, but all in all, you know, there's still uh, plenty of learning moments for these guys. But in the meantime, enjoy this win. You know, you you brought up something interesting, which is I, I wanted to ask you a question about. You said mistakes. And to me, one of the bigger mistakes that we have on this team is none other than number 12 himself, LaMarcus Aldridge. He is consistently inconsistent. At times, it looks like he's disinterested in playing. Um and he just seems to kind of slow the game down a little bit with his absence. And yesterday's game, we saw that this team is exciting to watch. They can get up and down the court. You know, they were actually exciting to in the open court. We saw a lot of layups. We saw some slam dunks. We saw some alley-oops. And when LaMarcus is in there, LaMarcus doesn't really have that to his repertoire. You know, he's more of just let me go ahead and be a spot-up shooter. I'm just going to go ahead and get the ball, do a little, you know, you know, I guess like a step back fadeaway. Uh, he's not really that power player that we were all expecting him to be in the paint. So with LaMarcus Aldridge in the game, it changes the dynamic. So moving forward, Jeff, you think that Spurs are going to revert back to the same old once LaMarcus gets back into the, the starting lineup again? Uh, that's such a tough question because I can see why on one hand, and Spurs fans would maybe want him out of a Spurs uniform. You know, you, you know, let the game flow better. It'll be a faster pace. But the, the opposite end, too, I see why the argument he should stay. You know, he's a big dude. There's big teams. He is still one of the better offensive players the Spurs have, and to a certain degree, defensive player as well. Does the game slow down when he's on the court? Absolutely. He ha- it has to. You know, um, but... You know, LaMarcus Aldridge is, is still a valuable piece uh, to this Spurs team because what if you ship him out and a lot of – I see a lot of social media fans are saying, well, I would <laughs> trade him for a bag of chips. I would trade him for, uh, you know, a toothbrush. I'd trade him for you. some Takis, some extra spicy Takis there with some go, lime. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. You, you know, you lose a post presence and who's going who's gonna to shore that up? Are you going to – 
they're really thin in the big man department. Um, they trot out Eubanks every once in a while, but Metu, is he ready? You know, the Spurs seemingly don't think that he's quite ready. He's still getting shipped to Austin. Uh, can Pirtle bring up the uh, you know the points? Uh, he says he wants to. He says he's trying, but not to the level of Marcus Aldridge. Marcus Aldridge still gives you some sort of degree of, you know, a little bit of a you know home cooking in the paint uh, with refs, and that they might want to make a call. Uh, for or against him so all in all i'm still you know give lma a chance uh he's he was you know he's just vital i think he 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 protects the rim as best he can he's a big bot he's a big body he frees up some lanes for some guys and we'll see look playing against the rockets the rockets play a faster pace up and down game who's to say that if he never was hurt maybe pop limits his minutes uh you know, we'll see what happens when he plays. Uh, when the the Clippers have to play them again, or, or the Lakers have to play again, uh, big teams like that. Uh, we'll see how they uh, fare. But as of right now, Joe, to answer your question, I, I think it will slow down a little bit when he gets here. It has to, and uh, but I know Spurs fans won't like it. Yeah, same question to you, Jonas. Are the Spurs better without LMA in the lineup, or do they really need him? I think they're just different, Joe. Um, not, not better or worse, just different. Uh, one of the things that can't be overlooked when you have a solid balance of, of top, top-notch veterans on your team, I know there's a lot of excitement around the young guys, but when the, with, the, with the young guys, you have a roller coaster. You know, it's kind of like sitting in traffic on 410 or I-10 or any, any pick any highway here in San Antonio. It, it's a, it can be stop and go. Sometimes you're cruising, and sometimes you're you just you're sitting there to, for ten minutes, and you're just frustrated because nothing is working, and you can't can't even get off on because uh, you're you're in, you can't even get off off the road. Sounds like two eighty one and sixteen oh four, Jonas, is what you're describing. <laughs> I, I, I've I've experienced it all around town. The point is is, is that uh, Lamarcus. And DeMar DeRozan, because let's not forget there are still those trade rumors out there, too. I know they can be inconsistent, but at least you know what you're going to get, and they can come in and stop a a situation from becoming a lot worse if your young guys aren't getting it. And because a lot of that is the, is the mental element. And I know that we're talking about two psychologically – uh, rather fragile guys. Uh, DeMars is rather documented, and, and we all feel that LaMarcus is pretty soft. I think that's a, a genuine consensus around uh, around San Antonio. But they can come in and stop those floodgates and, and not allow the young guys to get lost in their heads as they develop. If, they're, if, if Lonnie comes out and is having a rough night shooting, then DeMar can earn a couple extra minutes while Pop sits him down and coaches him up a little bit. You're not you're not putting Marco Bellinelli back out there, but you're putting Demar Derozan back out there. Now, if you trade Demar Derozan, you're forced to play Marco. If you trade Lamarcus Aldridge, you're forced to try Rudy at the five, like we did the other night again. But or, what if we package LMA or, and Marco, at, you know, and ship them both off? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, go ahead and do it. But again, to, to Jeff's point, you're ruining the depth. True. Right? Enough. At this point. And we already know it, the Spurs system is something that it takes you at least a year to find your role in and be comfortable enough to, to run on the court. And and we're still growing through those growing pains where everybody is at a different phase in the book in terms of knowing the system. 
Right. And, 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 and here's the thing, too, Jonas, I don't mean to cut you off, too, but, you know, let's just say at what seems right now an impossibility does happen, and you should not be shocked if this does happen. The Spurs make the postseason. Let's just say they do. Right. And the game slows down. Um, it slows down a bit. Uh, everything's a little bit more intricate. Uh, you know, teams want to value each possession, and that's where a guy like Ellen Macon uh, come in and uh, do wonders for the Spurs. Yeah, no doubt. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I'd like to go ahead and point out here before we go ahead and wrap this thing up. Spurs' record right now is eight and fourteen. You know, they're six and six at home. I I just feel like this team is is almost a mirror image of what they were last season. So yes, Spurs fans have a right to be upset. Spurs fans have a right to criticize, but also they need to remember that much like last season. We were in the same predicament, but the Spurs figured things out in the month of December, and that made the difference for them. Yeah, the rodeo road trip was hard to watch, but we've been here before. And as you just alluded to, Jeff, this Spurs team could turn things around and possibly again make the postseason. So I think Spurs fans yeah. just need to come off the ledge a little bit and still give this t- this team some time. You know, I think we're very critical because we've been so spoiled for such a long period of time. You know, and now that we have this next generation of players coming in, uh, we need to revert back a little bit, take a step back and just be patient. You know, good things are coming, you know, and we have a lot of talent out there in the G League and, you know, some of these younger players that the Spurs drafted. So I think the future looks bright for the team. I think we just need to be a little bit more patient and let's see what happens. It's not time to to hit the panic button yet, but it is, you know, we got to pause a little bit and have some concern. But be patient, Spurs fans. Things hopefully will get better. And let's revisit this again, you know, at at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'd like to sit down and maybe have a roundtable discussion with you, Jeff, and with Jonas and, you know, some of our other regulars. And, you know, we can reevaluate the team at that time. I think that's a healthy uh, discussion that we'll need to have at that point in time. But in closing here, Jeff, your final thoughts? Final thoughts is this. I'm sticking to what I said begin the season. And uh, even up to this point, and Joe, you're my witness. You can verify this. I've always said the Spurs are going to start off bad, and this is going to be rocky, and that this is what uh, is happening right now. And not because I didn't think the Spurs were a good team. I just thought they just need time because of so many new elements that came in. Young guys are getting more minutes. Murray's back. uh, You know, new roles, new positions. And I'm sticking to that. I think the Spurs' true measurement will be – Sometime in the next month, I think in the next month, we're going to see what this team is made of. And uh, this is, in my opinion, a make or break point of their season. Can they recover from the hole they dug themselves into to start the season well below 500? They can. They've shown it. And they're getting to a soft part of their schedule right now. Cavs, Suns, Kings, so and some home cooking as well. So I think the Spurs have the ability to recover from the way they started. And keep this in mind, everybody. Despite their record, Joe, you correct me on that, or Jonas, you correct me on that. I think they're only two, two and a half games out of the eighth or seventh spot. Yeah, you're right. It's not that bad. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's my final thoughts. All right. And you, Jonas, and your final thoughts here. What do you want to go ahead and and say to Spurs Nation here in closing? Well, Joe, I think that you're right in that, and and this is my here in closing, right? So I think that you're right that this feels a lot like last year. But 
it feels different for better and for worse because we have a lot more potential and that's a double-edged sword right because with potential comes expectations we don't have an injured DeJounte Murray we have a healthy DeJounte Murray we don't have the excuse of it's DeMar's first year and Jakob's first year with the system because they're in their year two we don't we're not returning eight or we're not coming back with eight new players we're coming back with uh I think only about three new faces Damari uh Trey Lyles and I think I'm missing one someone somewhere in there but uh well Lonnie Walker you know coming up and getting a lot of serious minutes so uh because it feel because there's so much to be excited for we're really, really hyped, and, and we're looking at the situation as a where we're in a very similar position that we were last year. We see it as worse because of the potential. But for that same reason, I think that's the reason why we can't, don't even look ahead of next year. Look at this year. Be excited for what there is because of that potential that we have. Uh, everything can gel. You have one of the best head coaches in NBA history uh, who, who's done it. He's done it time and time again, and this is just another challenge for him. It's a challenge for all of his young guys, and everything set. You know, you got 23 reasons to say the Spurs will be making the playoffs again this year, and and enjoy this year. Uh, next year has a lot of potential too, and that could be good or bad. Potential is a double-edged sword, but I think we're on the right the right side of it this year. Yeah. So you know what, Jonas? Uh, Jonas, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna take your final thought. And submit it to the NBA for a review because um, <laughs> you know I don't I don't like how you did that and I, I think we should do that last part uh, the last two minutes that you did together because I'm like the Rockets right now. So <laughs> You're gonna go ahead that, and protest. Can you believe that? Can you believe that stupidity, Jonas? I I can't. It makes absolutely no sense. I I think that everything comes down to. And this is how I view sports, and, and I've been on the winning side and the losing side of this multiple times across all my teams. But if it comes down to the officials deciding a game for you, then you then you deserve to lose. If that's really how it comes down to, then you deserve to lose because you didn't play enough, you didn't do enough in your part to win. We all know that you have two opponents to play every game. You have to play both teams do. You have to play your opponent and you have to play the officials. Uh, and and if you don't do enough on your own to beat your opponent and you're and you're you're praying and hoping that the the officials kind of give you that win and you lost you deserve to lose anyway end of story yeah end of wow, story okay. there you go well spoken yeah jonas surprised me there man i was like damn jonas yeah jonas got a little riled up there yeah he got fired I, it's up it's a very it's a very hot subject for me like i said i've been on both <laughs> sides of it so i can see it but I feel the same way. If the Spurs would have lost last night, uh, and and it's because Harden's bucket fell or whatever, and they reversed the call, and and they couldn't mentally get back into the game, and, and we ended up losing, then that's on them. With Jeff, I'm with you. I'm still applauding their effort, but I mean, you lost the game because you didn't do enough to to beat the opponent yourself. Exactly yeah. right. So Jonas, go ahead and let the people know where they can reach you on social media. It's at Jark Clonus on Twitter, J-A-R-K-C-L-O-N-A-S. That's really where I'm at. There you go. So you can go ahead and hit up Jonas and talk about all things sports. 
And, you know, Jonas is a bit of a nerd, too, just like me and Jeff, you know, so he likes to get in some discussions, especially hit him up with some Lord of the Rings discussion, man. That's his go to right there. So go ahead and uh, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, anything fantasy involving swords, y'all. There you go, man. Jonas is your man for all that stuff. And Jeff, where can they reach you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Um, pretty much that's all I use, just Twitter and uh, Lockdown Spurs. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you find your favorite podcast. Joe, he's a frequent there. Jonas has even made an appearance there on Lockdown Spurs. So go check it out again. Lockdown Spurs, part of the Lockdown NBA Network and Spurs Zone News for San Antonio Fox 29 San Antonio.com. Uh, everything under the sun for your silver and black from. Uh, Houston Rockets complaining about the ending of the game. I'm sorry, the bucket that should have counted uh, to the latest in DeJounte Murray's New Balance shoes. Believe it or not, uh, he has a second pair now, not the black and white ones. So nice. go check it out at the Spurs Zone, NewsForSanAntonio.com. There you go. And you can reach me, you know, Joe Garcia. I'm at Two Shots Podcast, and it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O. TS podcast and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure you go to YouTube and you subscribe to our channel and check out all the great content that we have for you guys there. So for Jonas Clark and Jeff Garcia, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.